the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's business time. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Let's bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen from Briefing.com, Chief Market, or not Chief Market, I've done that a couple times now, Chief Economist. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good, how about yourself? I'm okay. It's one of those days, I feel like I'm just pushing a little too hard and things aren't quite working out, but that's not your worries. Um, The economy, housing starts today. I saw an interesting quote by uh, Ian Shepardson. He's been an economist that gets quoted a lot. Um, do you follow him at all? A little bit. Okay. Is he good? Is he bad? What, what's your thoughts on him? Should I ignore him or pay attention? It's indifferent. I listen to just about everybody, so I wouldn't discount okay. him for any reason. I wouldn't, you know, give him any, you know, overtly credit for anything either. He, he's fine. Okay. He was talking about housing starts, and I found one of the things interesting that he said is uh, the starts just aren't sustainable, and you have to dig a little deeper, and you have to look at permits. And uh, What's your opinion on the, the housing numbers that came out today, and what should we learn from it? Well, if you look at the numbers today, I think they were good, uh, specifically because the entire gain was the result of single-family construction, and single-family construction is normally a stable uh, trend. So the fact that you had a, an increase in single-family starts today generally suggests you're going to have a, you know, another increase tomorrow. And as we're heading into 2015, that's a good thing. And we've been seeing over the last you know, several months, really since the beginning of the summer, uh, the NHAB, or NAHB, excuse me, uh, Home Builders Index has improved significantly, but we haven't seen any growth in construction. So basically, home builders are saying everything is getting better, everything is strengthening, but we haven't seen them, you know, basically, you know, put their words into action. We've had very little construction growth in 2014 compared to 2013. So uh, this may be a signal that the home builders themselves are finally going to start producing based on what they were saying. And if that's true, uh, you know, 2015 looks a lot stronger than 2014 did. Housing. How important is it, in your opinion, that we follow that data? If we're going to follow the stock market and talk about retirement issues, is it, is it relevant? I don't know how much to the... it's, I don't, I, I don't know how much of it's relevant for the stock market per se, just because, you know, any gains that we have are still, you know, the contribution to GDP is so much smaller because the, the sector itself has shrunk by so much that you know, strong growth isn't necessarily going to impact the U.S.-wide economy as much as it did in 2003, 2004, 2005. 
it will be, you know, a, a net positive though. So it is something that we still want to happen. It's not something that, you know, as an economist, you're like, oh, housing, you know, it, it's just something there. It, no, it, it's a meaningful sector. It, it's impactful. It's just not as impactful as it was in the past. So uh, on the stock market, if you look at it in that respect, you know, if you own home builder stocks, it's probably important. But uh, beyond that, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a uh, uh, a momentum changer. Okay. Any other data out there today or anything that you want to chime in on? Maybe Davis and the economic summit. I don't kind of playing softball with you here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything anything spectacular going on in Davos except the fact that it costs more for people to go out there now than it did last week uh, after the Swiss decided to uh, let their their currency float. So. You know, I think what we're seeing is that you know, the global economy in general, especially uh, in Europe, is weak. Uh, China grew, but grew at a, at a much slower pace than they have in the past several years. Uh, Japan is still looking ugly. Really, the only source of you know what looks to be significant gains is coming from the U.S. And after that last employment report and the respective retail sales numbers. You know, it could be argued that the uh, the trends in the U.S. maybe are a little bit more pessimistic than uh, than the headline suggests. But overall, you know, if we're going to be anywhere, the U.S. economy is the best place to be. So, uh, if you're looking at investing and whatnot, you know, take that you know information as a uh, as a helpful hint. When you're looking into GDP numbers of various countries. It's recently been suggested by one billionaire fighting with another billionaire. One billionaire said to the other, well, China's probably only growing at 5%, even though they say 7.5%. And the other billionaire goes, but that's still a really big number. How do you approach something like a China where you're not really, I guess there's a lack of trust, but also it is an important economy. Um, it's not to be taken lightly that there is they don't a lack give of good trust information. in the headline numbers and what? And when you're looking at China specifically, there's definitely a lack of trust in headline numbers, which is why you have a lot of, you know, odd statistics that people use, like electricity usage, lighting, you know. <laughs> it's kind of uh, something that you wouldn't normally use in a developed country as a measure of uh, economic growth, but it's something that you can use in China. The other way people do it is they take... Uh, country statistics that they trust, namely from developed countries, and look at their import-export numbers directly to China and see what uh, the Chinese are actually selling and actually buying. And then you get a better idea of how, you know, things are. But, you know, the idea that, that China at 5% growth is bad, it's bad for them in a social aspect. It's not bad for the world. I mean, I would still take 5% growth, you know, over 3% growth. You know, I would prefer 8%, but, you know, whatever it is, it is. The fact that it's positive is still positive, and, and I think that's what you got to look at. Sounds good. Last time we left off with you, you were looking at some of the car numbers, and you said you were doing more research on automobiles. Today, Toyota comes out, and, you know, they sell the most cars in the world. But they did say something, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a disappointment in 2015 because fewer Japanese will buy cars. Um, any thoughts on the the work you're doing with the autos of the world? 
I'm spending most of my time on the U.S. sector. So, okay. you know, the fact that Toyota is going to sell less Japanese isn't going to be uh, too much of a concern to me right now. But Toyota, if you've looked at um, the consensus forecasts about what's going on, they're at the at the low end. They only expect 16.7 uh, million vehicles sold in uh, 2015. And if you look at the consensus median, it's right around 17 million. So that's a pretty big difference. Uh, the top end, a lot of banks are expecting, uh, you know, 17.2, 17.3 even. So if you look at that, they're, they're much more pessimistic. And then you had a report, uh, I want to say last week, it could, it could have been even just a few days ago, though, uh, from Honda saying that a lot of the auto loans that are being put out right now are 84 months, and it's not possible to pay down the car fast enough before the car uh, typically gets sold. So you're going to have a hard time selling cars because uh, people are going to be underwater in these loans, and they're not going to be able to get out of it unless the the new buyer of that vehicle is willing to eat up uh, their loss, and that may not be feasible, especially for some auto manufacturers that are still struggling with uh, with profit. So, you know gains that we saw in 2013 and 2014 may rear up and you know actually hurt the auto industry significantly in 2016 and 2017 so you may have uh, you know some shock coming in that's interesting that you bring that up because the show that I do Dr. Rosen is really about the average person getting to retirement and one of the biggest mistakes you could buy is a depreciating asset but on top of that, a depreciating asset that you, you know, fund now for seven years, it's, it's pretty shocking. Um, your opinion on individuals doing, hurting themselves financially, do you see that in the economic data that you look at? Does, I, this is a very odd well, and abstract the question. For the financial crisis. No, okay. I mean, no, it's it's a when you get over indebted in an asset that's depreciating and you still owe money on that asset, you have two choices. You can either continue to take the loss and pay it off or you default. And what we saw in the Great Recession is the mass default on home loans and the repercussions of mass defaults on home loans. You know, the fact that you could have a mass default on car loans, well, it's unlikely given the size of the of the industry and the impact that it could have, but it's still significant enough that it could cause problems, especially in the car sector. You know, and if you're going to be if you're if you're willing to take out an 84 month out loan on a car that you only wanted to hold for 72 months, you know what does that mean for that last year? You know, it's probably not a good thing. And you know the fact that the depreciation. Uh, moves faster than the car value. You know, it, it makes things a lot worse. It makes things very difficult to sell a car when you owe, you know, twenty grand on it and the car's only worth fifteen. Thanks very much. Anything else that you want to add in, Dr. Jeff? We've got about a minute. No, tomorrow we get more initial claims numbers. I think we're going to start okay. seeing an uptick in claims. I think it's going to start to see the. Uh, the impact of low oil prices on uh, the energy sector. I think we're going to finally start seeing, you know, job loss in that sector, and I think it's going to filter into claims. So it wouldn't be surprising tomorrow if we see another uptick. You know, you know, I think the consensus is right around 300,000, but if we get, you know, even a 330 from 316 last week, it wouldn't be too much of a shocker to me. Thanks very much. As always, class act, good insights, goes with the flow. Um, 
the abstract question. I'm gonna have to play that one back on myself because uh, he kind of he kind of gave me a duh. It, it does get frustrating. I will say this from my perspective of seeing people financially hurt themselves. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.